Hello, and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. I'm marathon swimmer and coach Shannon Keegan. In today's episode, Ken Immer talks us through his transformation into becoming an open water marathon swimmer. I met Ken while recording one of Gia's journey episodes, as he'd previously kayaked for her on one of her swims. Thinking that I finally had a line on a support kayaker, I followed up with Ken, and in further conversation, found out that he's also a marathon swimmer. In today's episode, we talk about how he got started with swimming, and we'll follow up someday to find out more about his support kayaking experiences. I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah. And <laughs> good morning. Thank you for taking time out to talk to me. Tell me what's your story. Sure. Wow. Um. So I have uh, the class. Maybe. I'm going to say classic, but classic for me. I don't know that's classic for everybody else, but adult onset swimming. Oh, um, yeah. That's <laughs> definitely, I, I wouldn't, the classic for marathon swimming seems to be the, you know, I swam all my life. I took a long break and started again. So I love, but I love the classic adult set because I think it can be more inspirational to people. So yeah. Tell, tell me how, how so, you So, um, you know, I, I did learn how to swim as a young child and I grew up in Florida. So we, did spend a lot of time on the water. Uh, I was an avid water skier, you know, so obviously, you know, the ability to, to feel comfortable in the water was something that I gained as a kid. So, mm -hmm. I, and I was around water. We lived on the water. We had a boat on Davits on a canal, you know, and then we had a pool right there. So I spent a lot of time in the water. So it's not that I wasn't a swimmer in any capacity, but I never uh, did anything competitively. And uh, in high school, I actually did go to one tryout for the swim team, partially, I think, because my brother did it in uh, his high yeah. school, because <laughs> I don't think that I was really into it um, necessarily. My memory was, you know, like I was using it as some form of sort of exercise and we had a small pool. So swimming across that pool was not preparing me at any moment <laughs> to swim across the 25 yard pool. And I'm pretty sure my memory of it, and I've, I've blocked most of it out, but it was that I crossed the pool, made it back, got out of the water, walked over to my mom and said, we're going home. <laughs> Not, not a swim team guy. <laughs> so, you know, cause it was just like, I was done at that, you know, it was like, wait, there's more to practice. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got out of the water, um, you know, we, we left and then that was the last time I really ever thought about doing that. So, um, it wasn't anything that I expected. So I, I became a yoga teacher much later in my life. And that was my main, main form of exercise for gosh, over 12, 13 years, I guess. And uh, over time, I spent a lot of time, my body was telling me that I should do something else too, but my, my need to keep myself really limber and all into yoga seemed to over, over arch that. And, um, 
the, the one thing that that's an important piece, but not all that important was that previous to that, I was actually a drug addict. And that's like, that's a whole nother call. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and yoga is what kind of saved me from that. So I stuck with that for many, many, many years. Right. And on my 39th birthday, I woke up and I said to myself, you know, I think I need to reevaluate and just do I, is, is yoga just the only thing for me? And the answer was, you know, why don't I just start something else? So I built a new habit of, of uh, a new exercise regime over the course of the next 60 days. So the, the first thing I just started doing was just, I was doing push-ups every day, as many as I could. And that was it. It was a, a way of building a new habit of some other kind of exercise that, mm-hmm. that, so I was like, slowly collecting time away from my day to put into something else. And over the course of about, I guess, four months, I made it up to doing this outdoor workout that took me near a pool. All right. So here's where the pool kind of comes in. I know you're like, all right, so where's the pool? Um, I get it. I get it. (laughs) So I, um, uh, it was getting cold outside. So I would like go down, I would ride my bike to this track and I would run around the track or I would ride my bike around the track and I would do pull-ups on the, 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 uh, the, the, the goalposts for the football. And like, I was doing all this crazy stuff outside that I thought was really fun. And as it got colder and colder, I realized I was like, I can't do this in the house. And I wasn't ready to join a gym that didn't feel appropriate at the time. And I look over and next to the pool, there's this semi-permanent structure that's over a pool that I knew was there. And I thought, huh, I bet it's heated. (laughs) I, I see people coming out of there every morning. So wonder what's going on. Maybe I could swim during the winter and just Mm -hmm. keep some activity moving. You know, like Mm -hmm. I know it could be good exercise for me. So I walk over to the pool and I walk in and I see um, the man who, quite frankly, is responsible for all of this uh, on the first day. And I ask him, uh, you know, so what's what's the story? How does one come in here and use the pool? And he's like, that's a dollar a day. You can come swim laps. We have this time. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that sounds like a bargain, like no brainer. And I was like, yes, what is the pool's heated, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I was like, okay, sounds great. So I think the next day I went ahead and, or maybe within a few days, I don't know how that really worked out. My memory of getting in the pool is kind of blurred by just, staying in. So I start, I went in, like swam my first laps or two and, and it was a little easier than maybe it had been when I was in high school and did that first crossing. Cause this was a 50 meter pool. Um, so it was challenging and I remember it was really hard, but I thought, all right, well, this is difficult. And I think this can keep me from, uh, from losing whatever ground I've gained through the exercise regimen that I had already created. So I was like, all right, this, this will probably work. So I came the next day, it came the next day and uh, it turned out that um, there was a swim team, a master swim team that was practicing and they were getting out about the time I was arriving at one point. So I would see them 
some days when I would get there a little earlier, I would see them finishing up and I would always be like, you know, wow, those people are really swimmers and I could never do that. Um, and there were a few other people that would come and swim and do their own thing. And a couple of times I had people asking me, oh, what are you training for? And my first answer was uh, nothing, just swimming. Are you going to do the low country splash? And this is the, oh. the local 2.4 mile swim in the river. And before of course, we, okay, before we get into your, okay, you're now you're getting ready to go places. Tell me what it felt like when you get back in the water after, I mean, you hadn't really, had you been in and playing in around water with that big break or like, yeah. Tell me what um, like. yeah, I guess I, I probably, you know, I'd go to the beach and I'd, I'd swim and stuff. So, I mean, it was just, it was just always a thing. I, okay. I don't know that I ever felt like I was away because I was living in Charleston, South Carolina at the time. So I was just a few minutes away from the beach, which some years I would go. And then there would be years I wouldn't go to the beach at all. But um, at one point I lived with a pool behind the house at, at one of my, you know, addresses and things. So it was never totally foreign, okay. but this time it was definitely like I, I was approaching it with a completely different mindset that this was right. a place for exercise and not, yeah. um, uh, uh, not fun. And well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say that not, not fun, right. but you, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> not entertainment. There we go. And right. that, that was really the, the big difference and yeah. recognizing that it was, it was pushing me and I was ready to be pushed because okay. I had spent those months really building the habit of the space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So okay. it, um, it, it felt really interesting. I guess I was, my mind was open. I was ready to do something new. Okay. Okay. That's good to know where you're coming from. So did you find any resources for like building endurance or like your stroke or technique, or are we kind of getting to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. So, you know, like I said, I, I re had remembered the basics of how to swim all. I don't know that I ever really accomplished butterfly. I kind of knew what the, the idea was maybe, but mm -hmm. the other three, I, I, I had some semblance of how to do them. But this is where the guy that was at the, at the, um, at the pool, his name's Doug. And he was actually the coach of the master's team. And he was like the aquatics director. He happened to be also the lifeguard for the first like hour in the morning because mm -hmm. nobody else was working right. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so he would watch me and clearly he saw something in me because he would offer like after a few weeks, I think he started talking to me a little bit and like, oh, why don't you try this or that? And just was giving me these little tiny pointers. And this guy is a brilliant coach. I have to say, like he has become like he's the reason that I survived because he he believed in me. He actually ended up getting me to, to get onto the master's team, you know, mm -hmm. like he he really pushed me without pushing me, he just yeah. coached me without even being my coach, which I don't know how he did that. 
pretty that's pretty genius yeah yeah most people so, are, don't welcome unsolicited advice either so yeah you know <laughs> must have like looked I, said, open. I was ready yeah, and yeah. i think that the moment he saw that i was accepting of anything that he said he just stepped right in as a good coach should right right um yeah. you know so this man totally transformed my life you know i i was just planning on on just just making it through the winter and then waiting mm-hmm. until the, the spring came, which in Charleston, South Carolina is not long. Right. You know, I mean, this was just going to be a couple of months, months of trudging yeah. through the water. So I was willing to just suffer for a bit at that point. So he started, you know, giving me some, some extra little pointers here and there and nothing, nothing too outrageous, but just enough mm-hmm. to give me some feeling of, um, of comfort. And then the big thing for me though, and this is honestly, this just popped back in my head was that the breathing was the hardest part as most yep. people are always going to say. Right. Yep. And I had remember I'd been a yoga teacher for mm-hmm. a long time. I actually, I taught yoga for like 12 years and I had practiced for more than that. So one day I just thought to myself, you know, this breathing thing's really hard. What if I, approached it like a breathing exercise mm-hmm. hmm because in yoga we've got a number of different breathing techniques that we use and some of them are are more sort of you know constant in things where you're really taking some deeper breaths mm-hmm. so I thought well what let's just see what happens so I got in the water and I swam across and I didn't think about my stroke at all but I was just like so what could I do about breathing? How could mm-hmm. I make a, make this an exercise? I made it all the way across the pool. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. That was kind of easy. Let me try again. You know, and I swam back across using the same, and I don't even know what I was doing, but I was just, I was really focused on my breathing, the breathing. more so than just That's feeling true. like I was drowning, which was kind of what I had been dealing with. And it was easy again. And I thought, well, hot dog, I think I got this thing figured out, you know, yeah. like, and, and then I just kept doing that. And then it quickly developed into what my breath was. And lucky for me, I started bilateral breathing. Nice. Yeah. And <laughs> that may have been by Doug's recommendation, or I may have just naturally did it. I don't know how mm-hmm. that got. I was lucky that that kind of became my, my initial thing. Um, So I just, I just kept swimming, you know, and that was really like the beginning. If I really think about it in those terms, you know, now, what do you say when you're in the middle of a marathon, just keep swimming. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) So it seemed like a natural fit, although I had no idea what was in store for me. I still had no designs, even though it was easier in that moment, I had no idea that I was going to stick with it. It was just a thing I was doing. Oh, this swimming. And, and I was seeing these other athletes do their thing. And I'm like, that's, that's not me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a competitive athlete. I'm not that good. I, I just, I'm just exercising. Um, but that right there, that, that word exercising was something that really shifted because, Everyone kept asking me, oh, what are you training for? What are you training for? And at first I was just like, well, I'm, I'm not. That's not what I do. And, you know, I'm not going to swim in the river. Like, what the hell are you thinking, <laughs> you know? And uh, 
I, I saw like a YouTube video or a Facebook video or something that just said, stop exercising and start training. And the difference between the two oh, fascinating. that exercise was just something that you were doing with very little sort of external motivation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then training, there was a goal. And, and for some reason that just really landed for me. Because there were some days where it was hard to get out of bed and get to the pool and and do my thing because it would be it was it was cold. It was the winter for crying Mm -hmm. out loud. And this was not a this was one of those semi permanent structures with no HVAC. The pool was the heater. So it was it was chilly in there. It was definitely not a warm space. Yeah. Um, And so when 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 they said that one day, it just kind of landed and I was like huh, I don't know, maybe that would be a good idea. Um, And at one point over winter break, this was in December, there was, uh, I came into the pool one day and Doug said to me, hey, I know you usually swim from this time to this time. I'm going to need you to either swim earlier Mm-hmm. or later because the Char- the College of Charleston swim team was doing doubles and they would do their morning at our pool and then their afternoon at, at the pool at the, at the college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Later's kind of challenging because it's later in the day. And I was like, all right, earlier. Wow. A whole hour earlier. Well, you know, this, this is a, a, a raw and real interview. I have to say I was, I was a 39 year old guy. And the first day that I'm, I'm swimming early and then it's time to get out of the pool and there's 60 college swimmer athletes walking into this building. My motivation for coming back the next day was increased just a little bit. Let's just be honest. <laughs> okay. okay. So some people would not be motivated by that, but you were motivated. Well, it was the eye candy, Shannon. It okay, wasn't okay. The, uh, the fact that there were these athletes. All right. Let's okay, just be, okay, let's okay. Just be clear right. about that. Okay. And, okay. and I like boys. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so let's just be clear. Yeah. So that, that was again, like one more reason to keep coming back. So it was like, okay, this whole training idea. And then there's this, and then, um, and now I'm swimming alongside the master's team. All right. They're doing their thing in like right. four lanes. You're like, I'm, just I'm over, over to the side <laughs> and I'm listening to what they're doing. Right. And it's still sounding out of reach, but then I start because I'm getting out of the pool at the same time the team is. So I'm listening to them talk and then they start talking to me and they, you know, we start creating relationships and just, you know, okay, maybe I, all right, I'll do the the swim in the river. Uh Y'all have talked me into it. I'm not going to join the team, but I'm going (laughs) to swim in the river. Two miles. You were ready to go do two miles in the river. Well, that wasn't until the spring. So I was willing to start training. Okay. 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 You're making the shift. (laughs) So then as I'm coming in, I'm I'm starting to swim more and more. And at that point, I didn't really understand what it meant to maybe do sets and stuff. So I was really just doing distance 
swimming practices on my own. You know, I would get in and I would swim. I might stop whenever I wanted to, but at the end of the day, it was just a lot of back and forth. There wasn't Mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, the type of master sets that that they were doing. And, and I had absolutely no idea that I was going to get faster. It was just, it was really just about the endurance because that was what I was enjoying too. It was this, this whole idea of instead of, Yoga gives you a sense of endurance, but it's definitely not very uh, brute strength building. It builds Mm -hmm. a much deeper sort of strength. And the one thing that I do want to mention is that, um, you know, I hear a lot of people that come to swimming as adults. They, everybody kind of has their shoulder injury story from Mm -hmm. when they started like, oh, I started and then this shoulder kind of hurt and and then it got better or, you know, oh, I hurt myself and I had surgery. Like, you know, there's all these different stories. I never had any of that. Yeah. You probably had some a, native balance. And, you well, know, and as a yogi, you know, we just, we, cre- we do a lot of this movement, mm-hmm. you know, and we mm-hmm. create a lot of space. So I had the room to do it, which made mm-hmm. me more coachable yeah. because of that. And then also the other thing that yoga brings to the table is the proprioception. Yes of your body Mm -hmm. so that even though in the water, it doesn't necessarily totally translate, but the idea of it is there. Yes. Because when when you you would say you're crossing over and I would say, no, I'm not. And he would say, yes, you are. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to believe him because he's looking at me. (laughs) So it feels like I'm way out here, but, and then he's like, no, you're doing it right. So even though the feeling was off, I could, I had some kind of North star. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I th- and I think, I think that's a, well, a, d- having the awareness desiring to make that association is, is huge. And, and yeah, like you said, even just being very coachable, <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I've, I've, I've always been. And I was, you know, and I was looking at this like, okay, this guy is an expert and, and I'm enjoying being here. You know, I, I still didn't realize that I was getting out of the pool or wasn't getting out of the pool. I still thought I was going back at that point. Probably. I don't know when that shift actually happened. Um, as far as like, I'm leaving swimming eventually, but I was just really, I was just having a good time. You know, I'm showing up and meeting these people and just enjoying being in the water. And I was getting better Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. And that Mm -hmm. was the other thing that I think Doug saw was that, you know, a lot of people, he sees them come for years and they never progress in the pool. A lot of right. the, the lap swimmers, yes, they just that is huge incentive thing. as a coach. So when somebody's actually responsive yeah. <laughs> and, and they can, yeah. And you say something and then they do it and you're like, <gasps> and then they see improvement and you feel like you're actually contributing versus yeah. Saying the same thing over to, yeah. That's, yeah. So, that's so that, that was all happening, but I was just in the middle of, it. I was just having a good time. Like, okay, yeah. this is a lot of fun. And all right, I'm going to do that, uh, that, that swim in the river. And then as it was getting closer and closer, Doug kept saying, you should swim with us. Cause I was, I was swimming at that point. I stayed coming to practice at the same time. Cause I was getting, I got used to it. Like, mm-hmm. why do I need to shift back to seven? I'll stay here at six. Mm-hmm. Was that time? Yeah, it was at six. And, um, and then uh, like at least one day, he roped me into practice while I was doing my last swim. <laughs> That's a good coach. 
<laughs> and I, I didn't even really know how it happened. Like there was, they were doing one of those drills where you're swimming and you're kind of like doing the, the high five, you know, mm-hmm. with two swimmers. <laughs> and it just so happened that the guy in the lane next to me, which was <laughs> the fastest guy on the team. Okay. Let's just be clear about that. He gets me in the lane with him because he didn't have a buddy. He was like, swim with him. And I was like, <laughs> and I, I, at this point, I'd been with him long enough that I was like, all right, I'll do what you say. You know, so I get in the lane with them and we're doing this, you know, high five drill down the pool. And then he's like, okay, you know, that's over. You can go back. And I, I just, I was like, I don't know. For some reason, I just, it was very endearing because I could, I felt like this guy cared about me. Mm-hmm. You know, and if if someone is caring about you and they're giving you good information, you're going to, well, I'm going to respond to that. So um, there was a, uh, a, sw- a camp, like a, a little uh, six week sort of get you ready for the splash thing that was put on by a different coach in town every year. The guy that actually runs the swim, he was uh, uh, Mark Rutledge. He was uh, he was an Olympic I think he was on the team. I don't think he ever, or at least he went to the trials. He was, he was, you know, he was up there. He was a good swimmer, mm-hmm. still is amazing swimmer. Yeah. Um, but he runs the low country splash and he does this camp. So I was like, well, I'm going to do the camp. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I was actually the fastest swimmer at that camp, oh. which was shocking. You know, I show up the first day and I'm just like, okay, this is the first time I'm actually like in a group coached setting. And I was really nervous, even though I was comfortable in the water, but you know, this was outside of like, I was actually kind of on the team at that point and was feeling like these people are the same people that were on the team. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. These were the people, these were like the lap swimmers that I'd never met before that were maybe swimming at other places So we show up and he's like, all right, let's just see everybody swim. So I think we just did like a snake through the thing, you know, up and down. There were seven lanes. So I guess we did what a, I don't know, like a 300 or something. And I was just like way out in front of everybody. And I I thought I was actually going slow. I'm like, where is, where are all these people? What's happening? So I get out of the water or I get to the end and, and the coach, you know, he was just like, who are you? Where, where, where did you come from? And I'm looking at myself like, who am I? How am I actually sort of, you know, in that moment in the, the word, maybe athlete kind of popped into my head. Like, right. I, I don't know this, this is fun. And then we just went through the camp and I was pretty consistently, you know, staying like the fastest person. And then, you know, he did a lot of just drill stuff and I was starting to learn how to be a swimmer you know like mm-hmm. all the stuff that a lot of people maybe had known all their lives and and you know learning some of the drills and some of the finer points and then really having somebody watch me and and give me pointers um and you know Doug had really kind of primed the pump on that mm-hmm. and then I had primed my own pump so like every step along the way I was just like two steps ahead of myself mm-hmm. but didn't really know it Right. Right. So it just kind of kept building and building and building. And then uh, race day shows up and I'm so nervous because we had done uh, the, 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 the last night of camp was we went to a place called trophy lakes, which is a, uh, a water ski park. Mm-hmm. So they have these two really long lakes next to each other that, 
I think the one that we swam in, if you swim like a whole lap around the outside, like a giant oval, I want to say it's about an 800. Hmm. Okay. So it's not a small lake, you know? Mm. So we went out to the lake and we did like a couple of laps just as an opportunity to be in open water. Um, Mm -hmm. It's they're fresh water. They're only like 40 feet deep. So it's not very scary, but even so like, oh gosh, you can't see the bottom. It's dark. Yeah. The whole experience. Yeah. And for me, that was not scary at all because I had fallen off of water skis in the middle of Tampa Bay as a kid a hundred times. Yeah. Even though I had a life vest on at this point, I felt really comfortable in the water. So that was, I had zero. Open water was not your, right. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, having had that open water experience, water skiing, like, you know, the salt water and the fact that it would be rough and, all of those things, I never really realized that that was something that I was just very used to that other people wouldn't be, you know, having done all that water skiing as a kid right. really contributed yeah. a lot to my abilities at this mm-hmm. point. And I never really even considered that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, race day shows up, we get to the thing and, you know, there's all these people and I, I you know, I was very fish out of water. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> At the beginning, you know, like, okay, you got to put this Vaseline. I'm like, what's that all about? You know, I, yeah. I, I don't even know that he had talked about that at the, at the camp at all, or maybe mm-hmm. he did. I just don't remember. So, you know, I got my swim cap on. And as you can see, I'm very bald. So right. I never wear a cap. Like, why so do I, I need think, a cap? Yeah. <laughs> I think that was probably the first time for on the day of the race. I, maybe I, maybe I wore one at Trophy Lakes. I doubt it. So like that was uncomfortable and yeah. I get in the water and it's an in-water start. So everybody gets in and then they have, then uh, the, there's a fairly good current moving down the, the, uh, the Cooper river. So you're trying to stay in a group and they have like a line where the, the, the front is uh, kind of pressed up against and I'm in the water and I'm just nervous. So nervous. Oh my gosh. Cause it's like, okay, this is it. You don't really know what's happening. And then I start swimming because the race starts. Oh my gosh. Those first 20 minutes, I thought I was going to die. I, what are you doing? You're that you did not prepare properly. You don't know what you're doing. This is the stupidest thing you've ever done. I can't believe you, you actually thought you could do this. Um, and I was, I was gasping and there are all these people and I'm looking, trying to figure out where I'm at. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. just the big nightmare. And then all of a sudden everything was okay. (laughs) And I just keep swimming. And then at that point you kind of round this corner and there's this huge bridge in Charleston that goes over the Harbor and it's this massive thing. And you start to come up on the bridge. It kind of comes around the corner and then you see it. And that, that was the point where I started to, to feel kind of like, Oh, this is actually kind of okay. Like all of the panic had gone and then it was just like, okay, just, just keep swimming kind of shows up in your brain. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point, the current has been building. They always make the swim happen so that it you're heading into the uh, uh, the ebb flow out. Mm-hmm. So it's getting stronger. It's definitely not getting weaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it finishes at a uh, 
it's not a battleship. It's an aircraft carrier that is right next to the bridge. So once you see the bridge, you kind of know that you're getting close to the end. And as soon as you finish under the bridge, then you just go right to the, the aircraft carrier. And, you know, remember just trying to swim to it. And, and at that point it was getting kind of exciting and I was getting a little tired, but, you know, it's like, okay, you know, let's, let's get to the end and let's make this happen. And then as soon as I got into the finish shoot, I remember thinking, oh, it's over. Oh, can I, can I do that again? <laughs> Even though I felt like I was going to die at the beginning, right. just this incredible overwhelming feeling of, I, I want to do that again. That was, that was incredible. You know, the, the, the evolution of it was thrilling. And I, I, I've always been a little bit of a thrill seeker in my life. Um, You know, my, my, my drug addiction had a lot to do with thrill seeking. Um, That was one of the, the fun reasons I ended up doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it fed that adrenaline kind of part of me and, you know, I get out of the water and there's all these people getting out of the water. And, you know, after a race, all the, just the, 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 the overwhelming feeling in the air was that everybody just accomplished that. There's also a five mile swim that happens at essentially the same time. So a lot of five milers are finishing at the same time as the Mm 2.4. So um, there's just all, a lot of people, I think there's usually, I think about three or 400 people that do the 2.4 and then around 120 that do the five miles, which is now a six mile race um, Mm -hmm. uh, for, they had to change the location of the start. So it turned into a six mile. Um, But, uh, and then I just, I felt like so amazing. And just the, the, the thing hit my head. Now I'd already talked to, um, a few different people in Charleston that were into open water swimming. And before it was sort of like, Oh, these people, they do this thing that I'm about to do Mm -hmm. after doing it. I just remember being like, I think I'm one of them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd already, I'd done one race. So I had no evidence that I was actually, you know, like, gonna do anything more than that but there was some feeling inside of me of like I I, and I think it was just my part of that addictive part of my personality like that finishing race feeling was what I wanted again I was like okay if I I want this again I gotta swim another race (laughs) yeah so what was next (laughs) um let's see what was next how long ago was that? You'd mentioned you were 39, but it was. Yeah, I'm, I turned 47 this year. So that was eight years ago. Um, so essentially almost nine years ago was when I kind of started mm-hmm. any kind of real story about like some serious kind of swimming. And, you know, that's not very long at the end of the day. So um I think I had made a deal with somebody that if I did the race and I liked it, that I would go ahead and join the the master's team Mm -hmm. and start swimming practice with them. So that happened. And I went ahead and and started actually swimming in the lane. I, I, you know, I went all the way to the end, (laughs) but very quickly, just like with the, uh, um, with the camp, Mm -hmm. I moved 
up the lanes pretty fast because I was, I was already kind of faster than a lot of the people that were there. You know, I just, I was learning the stroke. So I wasn't feeling like I needed to, to, to totally go crazy fast, but Mm -hmm. two of the guys that I had kind of gotten familiar with, they started swimming in in the practice as well. So it was, it just kind of felt like natural. Again, I was a little bit ahead of myself, like a step Mm -hmm. or two ahead before I even really realized where I was. Um, and then I, I'm pretty sure, no, I didn't do Buford that year. I think that was the only, that was the only competition I did that year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The next thing that I did, what was the next thing that I did? I don't even really remember at this point, but I just started swimming open water in Charleston. Like we would go to the beach and we would swim down the front of Folly Beach every Sunday, you know, I was starting to meet up with people that were doing this more and more. And then we Mm -hmm. would do other little swims. There's lots of little rivers and inlets and places in Charleston. So at that point, I just started doing more and more of that Mm -hmm. um, without necessarily competing. And then the next race may have actually just been the, the splash the next year. I think mm-hmm. that probably was it because we did a lot of open water stuff um, during that summer and, and into the fall. And it just became something that I was doing on the weekends. I was showing up to practice more and more. I got up to swimming five days a week at, at practice and then we would go out and it, would just, it just became something that I was doing all the time. And I was mm-hmm. loving it. I had a kayak. So I could have somebody use my kayak to swim with us when we would do some of these uh, uh, swims around town. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of snowballed. And, you know, like, it's funny because I haven't really thought about a lot of the a lot of those memories until we're having this conversation. And the specifics all I remember is I was just having a really good time. Like I found this new thing that I absolutely yeah. loved. And maybe one day I kind of woke up and was like, Oh, what happened to that other exercise regimen? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess I'm a swimmer now. I guess this <laughs> is what I'm doing. You know, because my body was cooperating at that point. Yeah. You know, I had my body shape had changed. My muscle mass was starting to change. Um, and, uh, yeah, things, things were happening. And then, um, the other guy that really changed my life was a guy named Brian Lanahan, who he had, he attempted the the English channel a couple of times, um, but never completed it, but had done the, um, uh, the, camp at Cork a couple of times and he's an avid open water swimmer um and one day he just like walks up to me at the grocery store I'm like sitting in the in the cafe working and he just basically he asked me out as a swimmer buddy <laughs> I always joke with him and I'm like dude you totally asked me out on a date when you came up and we're like you I you know I hear that you're you know that you're like this this guy that's swimming a lot, you know, like I want to, I want to swim with you. What's going on. And he, um, he had been planning a big swim around Folly Island, which is one of the beach islands in Charleston. And he accomplished it in one year. And uh, then he was like, you're going to do it next. What was the distance for that? Uh, 16 miles. And I was like, 
what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't think I can do that. And he's like, sure you can. And it's like, he's like, cause at that point we, he, he had been swimming with us. I think he met me before we kind of met before I was doing a lot of those. He was the person that was doing a lot of those open water swims around Charleston in between the, uh, the splash with me. So he was, he was involved in that and he was seeing what I was doing and he, he just saw something to me again, just like Doug, he was like, I think he got it in you. So we're going to do this. So he, I don't say he put me on a training schedule, but like, he just saw what I was doing. and was like, that's sufficient. If you just do what you're doing. And then we add a couple of longer swims in over time. And then you learn how to feed and do some of these things. You could probably make it happen. So over the course of about six months, I think of agreeing to, to try, um, we did a couple of long swims at, at the, the 50 meter pool where we practice a lot. And, um, he, um, we, we just, you know, I did it pretty well. The longest swim we did in the pool was, ah, what did we do? We did, um, eight 1500s or something, which sounds like a disgusting practice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> But um, he was like, if you can do this, you can do the swim. And, and I did it. I mean, I, I crushed it with him. I was right on his feet the whole time. And it was, um, it was awful. I mean, it really kind of changed my whole view on distance pool training. Okay. You know, like I, I really am not a big fan now of, doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of distance in a pool, just because mm-hmm. flip turns are, are, have never been my thing. And that, like, <laughs> people on the team are always like, you need to work on your flip turns. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't have walls in the open yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I compete. You know, now I will say this, I started going to meets with the team. Mm, interesting. Um, and it wasn't because I was really interested in necessarily doing that but it was fun to hang out with those people you know it was like all yeah. right it, we go for a weekend we'll just go to this pool and yeah. swim and like whatever um the first meet i did was at um in charleston the one that we put on as a team and you know it was kind of a joke i just you know all of the events i did were just were terrible i actually swam the mile because at that point that seemed like well you're a distance swimmer you're supposed to swim the mile yeah. it was in a 25 yard pool that was kind of <laughs> warm Oh, yuck. <laughs> you know, I got out of that and I was just like, wow, that was really hard. And then after <laughs> like two years, I was like, you know what? I will do sprints in the pool for meets like 50s, 100s, 200s, maybe something a little longer, maybe, maybe, but I've, I've basically given up and it's fun to like, I, I'm, I'm a pretty fast sprinter, you know, for at least I feel fast about it. I, I don't have really good nationals times or anything like that. <laughs> um, unless I put my in like the 75 age group, then I'm not competitive. <laughs> right. It's something to aspire to. So we all, when we're in our Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Cause we actually, I actually went to nationals one year cause it was in Greensboro mm-hmm. and they were just getting like the team, like, Oh, you gotta, everybody's gotta go. You gotta go. It's going to be fun. And you know, anybody can, you can swim at least two events without um, uh, uh, qualifying. So I was like, all right, I'll swim. Uh, I actually 
managed to qualify for my 50 free, just like by the hair of my, you know, chin, whatever. So I swam three events and that was really funny and humbling because when I looked at uh, my times, I knew they would be poor. I knew I would probably be last in my age group. And I started shifting it upwards. And I was like, when, when, when am I competitive? And it was like, I wasn't even placing until oh. the 65s. <laughs> and then I wouldn't even be in the top three until the 70s. And I was like, wow, like I have, I have so long to get better at this. <laughs> yeah. At first it was a little dejecting, like, yeah, dang, I am slow. But it was like, this is nationals. These are the people that are really like, they're really working on their speed. Yeah. So it they're, never they're made not me afraid feel to bad. practice their flip turns. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's honestly, that's a huge part of where all my time is, is in my, my lousy flip turns that I need when <laughs> right. I'm trying to swim 16 miles around an island. Yeah. So tell us about that. So was that um, your, kind of your first marathon or did you have something else in there? No, that was, that was it. That was really wow. the, the first one. I, I, you know, we went in big. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no 10 K. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. I mean, I, I basically, I did it in the pool, you know, right, so if you right. can count the pool practice as a, as a marathon, which honestly, I don't really, you know, cause I, I did the distance, but it's still not, I, I it's gotta be open water for me to really feel like it counts. So um, yeah, Brian basically just, he took care of everything. He arranged for, you know, the support, I had two kayaks, no boat. Um, you're really close to the land all the time. Mm-hmm. And he had done it with a boat. And because there's a few times around the ends of the island that are, uh, the boat has to take a very much larger route to stay away from the sandbars that he was like, you know, the boat just really isn't all that necessary. If we do two kayaks, I think we'll be okay. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to listen to you. And we show up on the day and, you know, I had practice feeding and I felt like I was, I, I was in a good place with that. And um, at that point I had swum on the front of, of, of the Folly Island, uh, two or three seasons, I guess, of summer, you know, mile, two miles down the beach. Mm-hmm. So I was familiar with the water and I was just like, yeah, we can probably do this. And, and one of the practice swims, we swam along the back of the island. Um, and that was about, that's about a 10 K. So maybe that was my first marathon, but I, again, I, that was just a practice swim. So I don't really count that one in as much. So I had swum part of it. I hadn't swum around the ends of the islands, but I had done the front, I'd done the back. And I was like, you know, we can do this. So we show up and we started on the north end of the pier, swam around the pier. And then, you know, down the front of the beach is pretty simple. You know, you're swimming outside the breakers. And this was the, the, the exact route that we had swum every Sunday for a long, long time. And I remember the first time they hit me on the head for a feed. And I was like, already? <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> I had determined that about 30 minutes was my window of time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to I didn't want to get in a deficit right away. So I was like, right. go ahead and, and let me at least drink something. I don't necessarily maybe need to have a full, but let me just get something down mm-hmm. on that first one, regardless. So they hit me on the head and it was like 30 minutes in. I was like, wow. Okay. This, that, that was fast. So I, I think I just drank a little something and it's like, all right, let's just put our head down, keep swimming. And 
by the time I made it to the end of the island, that was the next feed. And then that was when you're getting ready to go into probably the worst part of the swim. Because okay. the these are very, uh, these are, are barrier islands. They are very much uh, run by a lot of currents that run mm-hmm. from behind the island. There's uh, rivers that go inland. And there's a lot of sandbars. And there this part of the swim is you got waves coming from all directions. Wow. And it's, it's, it's a, it's brutal. That particular day was not a horrible day, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because it's all about the way that that water's working. So we get into it. And I remember I had, you know, swam in some conditions, but nothing quite like that. And Mm -hmm. We had two kayaks. So Brian went all the way to basically where I needed to go. And then Jamie stuck with me. And I, that was rough. I mean, every five minutes I'd kind of look up at her and be like, which way am I going? Cause I it was just so, you had no idea which way was up. And she would just go swim to the red kayak, you know? So I'd look, Oh, over there. So I'd go a little bit and then come back out and then it would be turn around. And then all of a sudden it would just disappear. Because once you got around the edge of the island, that little, that really crazy spot missed. And, you know, it was that, that time it was like time for another feed. And, and that was, I took a little bit of a longer break at that point, but, um, you know, I knew that now it was just going to be a nice, easy swim and I knew I could do it and just kind of like put my head down and started swimming. And at that point that the tide is pushing you behind the island so the 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 tide on the outside is there's nothing there you don't really feel it going through the the wave boxes because that's just crazy but once you get around the island then it just starts to pick up so it was like ooh, this is nice and easy (laughs) you know so and it's beautiful i mean it's there's just no you can't see hardly any houses or buildings Uh because the marsh behind is massive Mm -hmm. so it's a beautiful beautiful swim and i was just really having a nice day and uh, it was kind of cloudy, but not uh, overcast and depressing, but it just wasn't really like just sun on my back. Right, right. And, you know, we just we just kept swimming. And then eventually you can see this beautiful lighthouse in the distance that is on the, the top of the island. And mm. I could see that coming up and you, you kind of have to snake a little bit to get to the break point where that's the one big part of the swim that has to be calculated really well, because the timing on it is that you're never, you, you have to be behind the Island as the tides coming in, you got to reach that break point and then it's got to switch and then it takes you back out. And if obviously if you miss that, you're going to have a hard time getting in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're too early, you're still going to be swimming in because that break point really is like where it comes together. Wow. So we timed it. Brian's really good about being able to time stuff. And he knew how fast I was generally swimming. And I, I managed to keep the good pace. Mm-hmm. So we reached that break point. At, you got about a 20 minute window at this particular place. And I think I was slightly early, which was fine. Um, cause at that point it's just kind of a slack tide and then it just kind of takes you out and then you round the Island. And then the, the second crossing of the, the top of the Island is a lot easier. There are a lot of sandbars, but because the way that, uh, 
who knows, it's just the, the hydrology of that mm-hmm. space. It just, it's not as difficult to kind of round, but then you get to the challenging part of the swim because it's just a straightaway in the ocean and you got to pass the pier. Because uh, if you start on the north end, it's the best. The best way to know you've circumnavigated is to go ahead and get to the south side, right? So, unfortunately, I looked up and I saw the pier a little uh, too oh, early. Oh man! <laughs> That's why they tell people never look for France when you're swimming to. Yeah, <laughs> ex- to exactly. So that was that was a bit of a mistake. And yeah. then it's just all these houses on the beach that kind of look the same. So mm-hmm. it's you almost feel like you're not making any forward progress, mm-hmm. even though you are. You are right. Yep. It just doesn't, you don't have any more landmarks, you know, yeah. the, the whole backside of the swim, you're along this marsh and you're seeing all these different things. So it's changing this part. It's, you know, it's the end of the swim at this yeah. point, I'm yeah. getting salt mouth. Yeah, salt mouth. Yeah. I'm starting to get tired. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a little over it. Like, eh, I don't know if I really want to do this. Um, Oddly enough, that was exactly the point where I had a, a tracker.rs mm-hmm. on, but it died the phone. Oh. So everybody that was watching oh. thought I bailed. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but I didn't know this, you yeah. know, of course. We didn't find out till later. So energetically, like all the people that were pulling for me kind of stopped. <laughs> and I think oh. I probably felt that a little bit because I was just sort of like, you know, this really sucks. But the good news, though, was that it was a really smooth day. Like I had a very smooth swim all the way down. Uh, It was just long. And that was just the first time where it's like, all right, this is where you got to really dig deep. Yeah, this is this is the sport now. Right. Right. You know, like after hour four. You are in a place where you cannot get there unless you've swum for four hours, you know, like that was really the introduction to, all right, you have now arrived. Like you Mm. have put on the sneakers to get Mm. onto the track, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, this other part, this was just whatever, you know, Mm. the first three hours of swimming is no big deal. Like Mm -hmm. once you, for me crossing that four hour mark was like, okay, this was the real deal. So, and I knew that and I was like, all right, I'm just going to make this happen. And, and um, I started to feed a little too often, but you know, they just, they were, they were cheering me on and I knew that some people were coming. So, you know, Janine Sorrell. Mm-hmm. So she was actually driving from New York ah. And she was basically racing to try to be there at the end of the swim. And I knew that she was potentially going to be there. I did not know what her schedule was, but I knew she was going to be there. I heard there was a few other people that were showing up. So I just kind of was like, all right, I got to, you know, I got to make it for, for not only me, but these other people that Mm -hmm. believe in me and whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, luckily there was some rain that happened in the city, but it never came out to folly. Like we just had sort of like some passing clouds. The sun was getting ready to set. I was getting to the, the pier and then I rounded that pier and, you know, got out of the water and 
I didn't know what to expect. I kind of thought that I would be like a jellyfish <laughs> getting out of the water, but it really wasn't that bad when I stepped out of the water. It was just sort of like, I just kind of felt like maybe I had just swum for an hour or so. It was kind of weird. Um, you, and this, you go in this time warp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like really the sun just... setting. You've been out there for a long time, but you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Cause we started, um, I think we started at 1230. It was six hours and 40 minutes was my, my time. And it's, because we never totally tracked the whole thing. It's a pretty good assumption that it was somewhere between 15 and 16 miles, maybe a little bit longer considering I probably did a a little bit of this, (laughs) you know, so I probably, you know, 16 is probably a pretty good uh, number to say. And uh, yeah, I, I got out and just like suddenly just felt elated similar. I was a little more tired, but similar to that first time I got out of the 2.4 mile race um, for the low country splash. And was just like, I, I just did that. Mm -hmm. And the next thing that hit me was I'm not hungry. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think part of me was thinking that there was going to be like this giant feast and I would eat like the the most food I'd ever eaten. And I'm a foodie. (laughs) So like, that's one of the reasons I like to swim is because it it fuels my ability to, to, to to eat, Eat. but I was, you know, I mean, after, you know, all of the food that I had been taking in and the nutrition, Mm -hmm. which was really like, that was, I I really realized like how important that is because I was never, I was never hungry. I never felt like I was behind on my calories at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the tiredness was really just a little bit of boredom and then just a little bit of muscle soreness, but it, it never, I never felt like I was out of gas. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, getting out of the pool, you're or getting out of the water. It's like, all right, well, the gas tank is still kind of full. Cause it, you know, certainly didn't swim to the end of my abilities. And uh-huh. then, and then when I got home, I just, I don't know. I wasn't even really that tired. It just, the whole thing was so weird. It was just such a, uh, you know, the endorphins, I guess, were taking over and right. Um, I, I just was like, what, am, all right, what am I going to do next? Cause it was, yeah. just, it was a beautiful day. I had really great conditions. I do have to say like the wind was, was, was easy. There was no rain. The, the sun was just enough to keep it warm, but not like I felt like I was baking in the sun. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the tide went really well. And then it was just a, a, an easy day on the, the surf. Like there wasn't a lot of crazy waves that I was having to deal with. It was relatively gentle. Um, so the conditions really were a huge part of my success. Had I had to right. really trudge through that last two miles, I think it, it may have had a different result. Right. So right. I'm really grateful that I did have good conditions for that first swim. Cause just getting it under your belt, I feel is it, with anything like the first time you just get it done, that can be enough motivation to get you through later. But if you have to really, you know, like not only do you have to get a swim done, but you have to do a difficult one. Like mm-hmm. that's just a lot to, to kind of put on. 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. I, I had a, a great swim and just was like, all right, what's, what's next. I, um, uh, I think the big goal that I created after that one was there's another set of islands to the North Sullivan's Island and Isle of Palms. And mm. I think before I did my folly swim, Brian had swum around those two islands, which that one's like 20 miles. Mm-hmm. And it's a little more challenging because you have to pass an inlet and there it's just, you know, just a different swim a little bit longer. And I thought, well, that could, you know, that could be an easy next target. So I kind of put mm-hmm. that down as like a, a main target. And then I'll just do all these other smaller swims that are around here. You know, there's a, there's a three mile swim up in Augusta. There's a three mile swim in Beaufort. Um, uh, there was another marathon down in Jacksonville that we did the uh, up the river downtown. I think it was called. Um, probably should have pulled out my little list of all this this the other swims that I've done. That's but okay. I just, we don't have but to I go just, into each and every one. I'm kind yeah, of yeah. But like I just more... I just kept swimming and just kept showing up for more and more events. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the other big one that I did, though, was two years ago out in Portland. I did the Portland Bridge Swim. Oh, nice. Sorry, I missed you. Um, <laughs> which that was a tough one, too. Whew, the way that the, the currents run in that river. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. it, was, it was pretty chilly. Um, yeah, for you from the but south. That, yeah, But that was a beautiful <laughs> that was a beautiful swim. But that actually really got me into more cold water enjoyment because then we swam over the winter Uh, and then now I'm up in New York Mm. and last winter I swam in a lake all the way down to 48 nice and that's sort of become my next interest Mm -hmm. is all the cold water stuff because I really really like it yeah yeah so kind of having taken this path everything it took for you to get here what um what would you say like that the marathon part of the path <laughs> has contributed to you has contributed to you? Well, I mean, it, you know, it, if, if anything, it definitely has proven to me that like, if I can do something, if I set my mind on it, I can mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And you know, the other, I guess the other piece that I didn't talk about when I, when I realized that, oh, as a yogi, I should, I should swim with a breathing exercise to learn Mm -hmm. how to breathe. Well, the thing that I realized pretty quickly, which is why I was enjoying that distance swimming was that it's meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So after, I forget what year it was, but there was a point where I stopped actually teaching yoga and then I stopped doing any yoga because most of my yoga practice was, I started finding it in the water Mm. because, uh, you know, there is a lot of benefit to postural yoga for sure, Mm -hmm. but the true aim is meditation. So, and instilling your mind and being comfortable with yourself and all of these things. So I really started to find that in the water and in a different way too, because, you know, sitting in front of a candle for 30 minutes can be challenging, Mm. but 
you never really go. I mean, some people do, but it's just really not much of an endeavor of like, oh, how long can we meditate? But mm. how long can you swim? That can be a great endeavor. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, that's a huge part of the way that I look towards it is like, this is an opportunity to work on meditation and yeah. become even more of a master of my own mind while I'm in the water. And then I'm doing something that is physical for me. So it's, 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 you know, just good cardiovascular, Mm -hmm. literally the biology is loving it. Mm -hmm. And then that translates into a good feeling of the body, which allows one to meditate deeper. And so it's really become a huge part of my yoga practice, interestingly enough. That's pretty And I kind of came back to yoga in a different way because after a few years of being off, I was like, gosh, I, you know, like I don't see my yoga friends as much and I should, I should be doing this yoga. What's wrong. So I was Mm -hmm. trying to go to class and I just couldn't do it. Hmm. It just, I I wasn't interested. I, I, if I did go, I I didn't want to go back. It was just, it just felt weird. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Why do I don't know? That's, and that's when I really realized that I was getting most of my practice from swimming. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, well, if I really feel like, you know, doing yoga is beneficial. I was like, wait a minute, there are different styles. Hmm. There's different reasons one can do different types of yoga. So I thought, you know what I really need is recovery. Ah, yeah. Nice. Because I had started lifting weights as well. I started hitting the gym just to increase my my upper body strength to to help with the endurance and just to get stronger as a swimmer. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't doing a lot of stretching. And that was the thing. That was part of the thing. I was like, I should do yoga because it's good for stretching and, you know, whatever. So I was like, well, wait a minute, why don't I do the stretchy yoga? So why don't I do yin yoga, which Mm -hmm. is you lay around on the floor and you just kind of roll around and stretch for an hour. Sounds amazing. And long swim. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the first time I went to a yin class, it just, I was like, oh, this (laughs) is it. And then I started going every week, like twice a week and recognizing like this was really like the next step of this was the evolution of my yoga practice was swimming. And that was probably the biggest way that swimming in the marathon type of swimming has really contributed to to me as a person was that I was a yogi. I've always become that. And that was something that saved my life from my addiction. And everybody like once you, you know, once you start getting into like the teen and 20 years of practicing yoga, it really changes for a lot of people. And as that matures and changes, it looks a lot different for everybody, but you can't really be like, well, so how, how's it going to look different for you? You have no idea. So this was really the beautiful uh, development of how I changed and grew as a yogi and like saw this expansion And interestingly enough, I I had become a vegetarian for like almost 14 years. Well, I, I, I'm not a vegetarian anymore because the body needs a different set of fuel Mm. for, for me anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that like everybody that does endurance sports can't be a vegan. If you want to be, if it works for you, it does. But for Mm -hmm. me, it wasn't working anymore. I actually went to dinner one night with Janine and I looked at her and I was like, 
I'm going to have a hamburger. And she was like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> she knew me as a vegetarian at that yeah. point. And I was like, yeah, I just, I've been thinking about it lately. My body's been saying, you want meat? And I would be like, are you sure? I haven't eaten meat in, you know, almost 14 years. Like, yeah. really? <laughs> um, but it never made me sick. And I actually started like my training jacked up right after that. And that was wow. really a major shift for me because I was, I was happy being vegetarian and, and it was actually a part of how I identified myself. So that was one more time where I had to come up against like, well, who am I and what's going on with me and what's, what's how, what's my place in the world and all of these things. So, you know, it has, it has really helped me with my introspection and it has definitely made me even more of a, a, a better entrepreneur because that's what I've been for, gosh, almost 20 years at this point. And it's kept me on my path. So it really um, has become just a huge part of my life. You know, like any, if wherever I'm at, I'm like, where can I swim? Who can I be mm -hmm. with? And, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I had moved to New York for COVID. Uh, my mother uh, was living with me in Charleston and my brother lives up here in New York. And we all moved in together because she was ill. And we realized that if we weren't together as a family, we weren't going to be. So we came up here. Mm -hmm. and it was during COVID. So how are you going to meet people and be in a place? Well, I was like, there's got to be a lake. There's got to be people swimming outside. Yeah. Yep. So it actually saved my sanity. Wow. Caring for my mother as she died from lung cancer, you know? Oh, so gosh. like my ability to go swim a few days a week was, you know, a, a rock that I could lean on. Yeah that allowed me to be, cause I was her primary caregiver, mm -hmm. you know? So, and I'm also caring for my brother and his kids and like it's COVID. I mean, it's the, yeah. the, the yeah. worst year ever. And the one thing that, that I managed to be able to maintain was my swimming, yeah. you know, certainly not maintained it in the way that I would have preferred, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm in this place. I got to get in the water. Mm -hmm. and being able to, to just pick that up and lean on it allowed me, like I said, to be whole so that I could support my family and, and myself and not like totally go crazy during this right. crazy year with all of these challenges. So I really look at, at swimming as something that, that for me, has, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I can't imagine life without it now mm -hmm. in a way that, that I could never have understood back in when I first walked into that pool, you know? Right. And the other thing that I, I do want to say is the thing that I like about the swimming community is that everybody that is a marathoner is a, is an accidental meditator. Mm -hmm. You know, I've met a lot of swimmers and I, I talk a lot and I bring up a lot of conversation and, and I've talked about yoga and meditation and there's many swimmers who will flat out tell me, I, I don't meditate. I don't do any of that stuff. And I'm like, 
Mm, you kind of do, <laughs> right? you know, I mean, and then that's the beauty of meditation is that you, you don't have to call it anything. Like you don't have to say you're on the path. You don't have to, to claim it. Mm-hmm. If you just show up in any way, you're going to get these benefits. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, marathons, they're just such a chill, awesome, loving group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that right there is another part of it is like, I've just, I, everywhere I go, I just meet all these fantastic people <laughs> and it's been such a really great community, you know, and I do, um, I've, I've, because I'm, I also was a kayaker previously and I had mm-hmm. a kayak, I've done a lot of support for swimming. So like last uh, two years ago, I did, uh, I paddled for swim the suck. And the reason I did it was because I want to swim it. So I was like, let me paddle it for somebody first, yeah. meet all the people. And then the next year I'll go back and swim it and kind of yeah. like have this experience of knowing who's there. And, you know, and I want to reach out and support other people in their swims and stuff. And knowing that then people will support me. And yeah. it's just this really give and take uh, exchange that, uh, I can do till I'm like 90, you know I mean? Like this isn't something I feel like I ever have to give up, you know, your distance may decrease, but so what (laughs) it's not about, it's, it was never about the distance anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, um, I want to, I want to make sure we capture, you did such a great reflection on your, you know, on, on, on what marathon swimming is given to you. I want to hold on that. And, and we'll, and I want to come back, maybe we'll have you back and just talk about how you kind of came to be kayaking and above the water and and all that, but boy, what a, what an amazing story. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, I, I don't know that I've ever really shared my swim story, maybe pieces of it, but I don't Mm -hmm. think I've really kind of gone from the beginning to end. So this was a little bit of a journey for me too, of like, Oh, wow. I haven't really thought about this. Like, <laughs> <Right>? okay. <laughs> it's kind of a beautiful thing. That's why I love marathon. Some stories is because we, you know, we don't often stop and take stock of, of that necessarily. So. Yeah. It, just, it feels so natural. You know, it, it's just, it's just what I'm doing, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't need to necessarily log what's happening because it, it, it just is what I'm doing. I don't feel like it's something that I do in addition to my life. Mm-hmm. It's a huge part of what supports my life and will continue to do so. Right. And for me, I think that's the most exciting part. Right. Is that I don't feel like there, I need to have any plan. Well, what would you do when you have to stop swimming? Right. Well, I'll just die. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll I don't have to swimming. make that plan. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> yes. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Ken. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group? We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. 
Find out more at intrepidwater.com.